All right. Hello and welcome to Turn It Down, a good podcast about bad music. Every episode, we take a bad song and we look at it, pull it apart, try to figure out what went wrong. I'm Joe Oaks. And I'm Steve Sachs. And this is part two of our our holiday spectacular. We are listening to a song that Steve brought today. I don't know what it is yet. So Steve, what are, what are we listening to? Well, I brought something that I thought might be controversial um, because this is a song written by unquestionably one of the great songwriters of the 20th century, a person near and dear to your heart oh and boy. mine, a oh, person a who, in my opinion, well, 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 we'll get to my opinion, I suppose. I mean, maybe it's clear because I brought the song, but I'm curious what your opinion of this song is. It is Wonderful Christmas Time yes. by Sir. Paul McCartney. Yes. Oh, play this song, please. The spirits are We're here tonight And that's enough Simply having A wonderful Christmas time Simply having A wonderful Christmas time The party's on Christmas time. Wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply, Simply having a wonderful, a wonderful Christmas, Christmas time. time. So, Steve, you brought this song. I feel like you should talk about it first because I want to know. I want to know what why well, you brought it. If you listen to part one, and if you haven't, I suggest you go back and listen to part one. Yes, uh, because you won't understand this one. You know, uh, the, the song we discussed in part one. I feel like uh, it, it was it was more about the songwriting, some of the lyrical content, thematic right. things. This song for me. It's more about the musical content, okay. the melody, the instrumentation, the production. I find this song very grating. Now, I know that this song, this song's divisive. Divisive? Divisive? Divisive. This song's divisive. <laughs> um, but I think that, again, it's a love it or hate it kind of song. I had a feeling that you loved it. And I'm so curious as to why, because for me, it's just... I don't know how much there is to say about about almost in a way about how bad it is because it's so intuitively obviously bad. And so right. I had this feeling knowing your relationship to the Beatles, your relationship to Paul McCartney that you would love it. And I'm I'm curious what the the a case for it being a great Christmas song is because I don't know what it could possibly be. First off, for for those of you who are who are listening for the first time, there is a link in the description of this podcast to our Spotify playlist, which will have this song on it. Um, but you can also find it, you know, wherever you stream music, look it up. Uh, or if you're like me, you own the record it's on. Um, <laughs> so just just a little illumination for for my my relationship with the Beatles is I grew up sort of scarily obsessed with the Beatles, right? I like wanted to, I, I cried thinking about meeting them. Like I had Beatlemania and I was born in 1992 <laughs> and I don't know why, I don't know how I would like draw pictures of them. I had, I have every book you can possibly have about the Beatles. I mean, if you look over to your left, there is a Lego yellow submarine on my bookshelf. There's also this is true. the complete scores of the Beatles and an out of print book that I paid like 300 bucks for called Recording the Beatles. There's a bunch of other shit there. Like I have been obsessed for a very long time with the Beatles and Paul McCartney, you know, as one of the Beatles, obviously is he? big fan. Was he? <laughs> he was. Well, not this Paul. The original Paul <laughs> yeah. actually died in yeah. 1966 yeah, when he crashed his green uh, Aston Martin right. and a glove was found. Um, <laughs> but the actor who played Paul after that is still pretty good. 
Um, yeah. And this he, song is by him. Yes. <laughs> Very clearly by him and not the original <laughs> Paul. Paul McCartney, I'm a John guy. Okay. I am a John Lennon guy. Granted, the guy's an asshole, but his music has an edge to it that I appreciate. Paul McCartney's music, there's something... And I think you're probably feeling this in this song. This is a very prime example of it. Paul McCartney without the Beatles to me is is kind of soulless and, and sort of empty and devoid of meaning. And it it it's about his music is about sort of the production and the the sort of this pop song. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's always I've always felt a sense of vapidness, and there's a lot of solo Paul McCartney material that would be very appropriate on this podcast. And I don't necessarily exclude this song. I I actually very much disliked the song for a very long time. You and did. I did. Okay. Aha. It like something about the production of it, the way it sounds yeah. made me physically nauseous for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's dizzy. Do you get that? It's like seasick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, there's something like, the, the, queasy. The way the synth, like even in the chorus, there's like this part where it doesn't quite line up with itself. It like overlaps, but doesn't line up as he's singing the wonderful Christmas time. Yeah. Refrain. The synth kind of like ends and begins in this really weird. It's what, clunky. Disoriented. Yes, clunky. I mean, this was this was like 1979. I mean, it's just the sound of the synthesizer. It's one of those rare things. Like, do you ever have any? Do you have any like sensory sounds that make you feel hmm. like the classic example is nails on a chalkboard? Right. For me, it's like certain types of like scratching sounds will bother me a lot. Like, um, you know, those little like holographic cards that are yeah. The, you the move ridges. and they change those ridges. If you scratch those ridges, that's the sound like that. for me. Okay. It's just something where it just, you have a physical response to it. This song nails that. Yeah. Or it did for me for a while. Those things have changed for me over time. And this song, I believe this was when he was recording McCartney, McCartney 2. Too. Right. Right. Which um, is a very uh, divisive record for a lot of people. A lot mm. of people think it's really fantastic. And they, they put it in with McCartney 1, which was his first solo Thing right after he got out of the Beatles, which had Maybe I'm Amazed. Mm-hmm. A lot of incredible songs in that record. McCartney, too, is just weird front to back. Mm-hmm. He's sort of... He's experimenting a bit. Yeah, they talk about it being sort of his acceptance of new wave, mm-hmm. listening to Talking Heads, listening to Devo, probably some Kraftwerk or any of the other synthesizer-based music that was getting very popular at the time. Yeah, you can hear a, a Kraftwerk quality, especially in that part where it says, like, the children have been working on this their song all year long yeah. and then there's like this descending dim 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 oh, yeah. dim, dim 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 you know it's so Where, good uh, yeah but it's just these that's like a very craft work kind of yeah just those classic sort of vintage synth yeah. sounds i will say the beatles were some of the first to actually use synthesizers in a in a pop music context say it. you will say it i will say and it. you have said it yes uh <laughs> abbey road mm-hmm. abbey road there's synthesizers all over that album but he returned to it. He didn't really do that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously this is a different type of synthesizer music. It is. Than... It's synth pop. Yeah. Yeah. To a certain degree. So my, my relationship to the song, I hated it for a long time. Now, now, I'll listen to it. I enjoy it. Do you find... See, I find the repetition of that simply having a wonderful Christmas time to be... It's not quite nauseating like you described the sound of the synth, but the repetition of it there is, I do have a physical reaction to it. It's irritating. It's so irritating. I guess it's annoying for me. It's more kind of funny. Like I, the song is, it, it's confounding that it came from him in a way, right? It's strange. Yes. It's strange that it's a Christmas song. 
Yeah. I think that's part of it, too. My interpretation of the McCartney 2 period is it was a a period where he was just fucking around with synthesizers. And I I just picture him on his because he probably had some big farm because he's rich. And he's there just smoking hash all fucking day. Right. Dicking around with synthesizers. That's the only explanation for this and probably most of it. He's like, oh, I got this great idea. We're going to do Christmas song. Uh, it's, it's like a wonderful Christmas. Uh, and it's just like <laughs> yeah. this stoned, like there's no logic to it. I guarantee you. And that's if, if you don't know, Paul McCartney is notoriously the biggest pothead. Oh, the yeah. Beatles. Here are the lyrics. The moon is right. The spirit's up. We're here tonight. And that's enough. You know, we talked about the Christmas spirit in uh, yeah. <laughs> being out, left out of. Uh, Did you say song? the moon is right? The moon is right. That's what he opens with. It's just a high guy looking at the moon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. It's up. Spirit's up. Okay. Yeah, I see that. We're here tonight, and that's enough. The bare well, minimum. That's this nice, song. Right? Well, there's yeah. one way to read that. That it's that it's yeah. All that we need is each other, right? That all you need is love. You could even, might even say. Oh. You see, you see another. It's a John song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> It really feels like he was like, he was, it feels like that last line, like he got three lines and he's like, and, and that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough for this verse. That's... <laughs> and then this, this grading, simply having a wonderful Christmas time, simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful <laughs> Christmas time. <laughs> and that's it. Just no detail. Like it's the most vague. I'm just having a wonderful Christmas time, dude. Why do you got to read more into it? The party's on, the feelings here that only comes this time of year. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time, simply having a wonderful Christmas time. The verse to chorus ratio is is pretty low. And the chorus is, is really short. And it repeats the same one line. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Verse three. Yeah. The choir of children sing their song. They practice all year long. Ding dong, ding dong, <laughs> ding dong. <laughs> oh, that's very lazy. Ding dong. It's kind of a bridge, right? And then let me guess. Simply, Simply having, having a wonderful Christmas, Christmas time. Simply having okay. a wonderful Christmas time. Okay, yes. okay. The word is out about the town to lift a glass <laughs> and don't look down. Hey, have you heard? <laughs> Vinny, the car guy, was saying, hey, lift a glass. Lift a glass. Hey, what, What's the line? Stay, just keep eye contact with me because if you look down. This wonderful Christmas time, it's going to be it's gonna a go. terrible Christmas what, time. What was the line again? The word is out about the town to lift a glass and don't look down. And don't look down? Lift a glass and don't look down. Okay, I don't get that. No, I don't actually. know what that means. Don't Are you? Are we all on? Simply have. We're back to that. <laughs> okay. Don't look down. We're simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Now, somebody on Genius pointed out that what he does here structurally is unconventional. Okay. It's verse one chorus verse two chorus verse three chorus verse four chorus verse three Mm. verse two chorus verse one fifth verse same as the third (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah wow that's a that's a lot so he he does this palindrome thing a a retrograde yeah where verse four is sort of this middle thing and then it, the song goes backwards in a way. Okay. Yeah, that's so unnecessary. So the song's so much longer than it needs to be. How long How long is this song? The song is three minutes and 44 seconds long. 
boy, it feels a lot longer than it that. It really it? feels longer I, than that. So when I say I like this song, I, I have a feeling that... <laughs> when I say... So here's the thing. When I say I like this song, I don't like this song. I am not retracting the fact that I like this song. However, I will admit that I don't know whether I like the song itself more or kind of all the irony and the idea of the song and how ridiculous it is and how sort of weird it is. It's a weird song. And you got to admit, the hook is a hook. The hook is an earworm. It sticks at you, and that's what's so problematic about it. Sure. So apparently Paul, I mean, like like most of his solo work or a good portion of his solo work outside of Wings, he played everything and sang everything on this whole song. This was all just him. He recorded everything. He mixed everything. It feels like a lot. And this is a lot of Paul's stuff is that it feels like it's in an echo chamber. It really feels out of touch a lot of the time. I don't ever feel like I can really relate to a Paul McCartney song. They right. very few of them seem to mean anything. Well, it's not it's, personal. with him. No. Right. It's kind of like he got lost post like psychedelia era. He kind of went off into this rabbit hole of pop music is this weird nonsensical world of strange characters and you know uncle albert mm-hmm. admiral halsey mm-hmm. you know jet is a nonsense so all these nonsensical songs that are just kind of about how the words sound yeah they don't they're not meant to connect with he's people. Got obviously melodically gifted in a yeah. way that few few other people are. right but and innovative yes. and and i will say that this the song form here the short verse short simple chorus very early Beatles, in a way. Mm-hmm. It was a very common for it to be like a, you know, a four-bar verse, four-bar chorus, four-bar verse, four-bar chorus, middle eight. Yeah. Super simple. This is just like blown up to like, and let's do it again, and let's do it again. <laughs> Your comments about him aiming for these synth pop influences or trying to incorporate that into his own music, that is sort of the... The read that people are trying to, you know, spin yeah. it to be like, you know, this is a lost classic. Uh, you know, this is actually <laughs> a great one. Um, you know, the, yeah. the sort of reappraisal of the song. Right. But I don't know, man. I, I just I think that's not enough. I get I get maybe what he was trying to do or something. But well, I don't think there's any meaning to it. He seemed so absorbed and just, yeah, I just I just make hit songs. And to be fair. This is really good. This is, I, I'm reading this. You might have read this. Including royalties from cover versions, it's estimated that McCartney makes $400,000 a year from this song, which puts its cumulative earnings at a little over $15 million. It's insane. I just, and I was going to read actually some of these cover versions. There's Diana Ross. Yep. Uh, it looks like there was one, the the cast of The West Wing did a cover. <laughs> what? Hillary Duff, Bare Naked Ladies. I'm just reading some of the bigger names. Jars of Clay. I think they're a Christian band, maybe. Demi Lovato. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, back Kelly up, back Rowland. Up cast of The West Wing. Oh, no, I'm, I'm over that. Uh, the Shin, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what that's about. I want I to, I wish I was we a fly on the wall at that recording session. <laughs> We might have to pull that. Let's out. listen to it real quick. The ones yeah. we don't love. The ones we, yeah, we put pictures of the people that we love. Our family mostly. The mood is right. The spirit's up. We're here tonight. And that's enough. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having. 
so that was the cast of the West Wing oh, doing boy. wonderful. I, um, I will say with these cover songs, because the song, the original recording is so sparse, every one of these covers is drastically different than yeah. the other because it, it requires so much interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Shins one kind of has like a like a like a Phil Spector kind of production okay. style. I don't okay. know if you want to hear that. It only take on this shins version okay can we i, I can actually kind of like it i dig it too i mean it's got that that super saturated ringo drums happening the mm-hmm. paul mccartney bass that should have been in that one right because that's fucking the best part of paul mccartney is him going dum, ba, dum, 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 yeah. like all that bass <laughs> shit he does um they changed the structure considerably for that it's much more ironed out into sort of like normal chord changes. I think that's one of the more, and, and I, do you mind if we step into like the, the music theory nerd corner for just like two seconds? Uh, this is an episode of music theory nerd corner with Joe Oaks and Steve Sachs. Joe. Good evening. (laughs) Um, so there's this thing he does where, uh, so it's in the chorus and it's like simply having a wonderful Christmas time. So that's a pretty straightforward melody, right? But he harmonizes it in kind of an unusual way. Instead of playing what you would expect, which would be like a the five, he does a weird plagal cadence where it's it's sort of a jazz plagal cadence where it goes to the flat seven hmm. and then it resolves to the one. Now that to me, combined with the weird tone of the song, it gives it that nauseating feeling mm-hmm. somehow. And I don't know why, because usually it doesn't, there's just something about the way that resolves. Like he's on the tonic, he's on the main note of the song and it like, it's under, it's underneath it. It's just like, it's not the way you would usually do that chord sequence. And it's mm-hmm. a little disorienting to yeah. me. And the repetition of that, that's usually something like if you're in a jazz tune that might happen, not the amount of times it's over and over and yeah. over and yeah. over again. It's this sort of unique and kind of disorienting chord change that is usually like a like a color thing. It's like, oh wow, that was kind of an unusual way of it's sliding chromatic, in there. Right? Yeah, it's it's like chromatic to well, the key. Well, I guess it's not exactly chromatic, but yeah. Yeah, I don't want to get too heavy into the details, yeah. but it's just like kind of an unconventional thing, and it's done incessantly. Yeah. And I think that combined with that weird synthesizer sound is what makes it so like alien to your ears. And this Shins version irons that out. It's just yeah. normal chord changes. Right. I did. You didn't listen to the whole thing. I don't know if they they. I highly doubt to that that they later on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's just not the style that they chose to. Yeah, which I think <laughs> I appreciate when someone does a cover like that and, and goes so far as to completely change the idiom. But yeah. This has been the Theory Nerd Corner. Thank you for joining us. Bye. It's a podcast without a podcast. <laughs> but that, I mean, just basically, it's weird. It just sounds weird, right? And I, to me, I like that. I like things that are challenging to, to listen to. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I say I like this song, but again, it's like I'll listen to like 40 seconds of it. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And I stop. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. All right, there's one more cover I want to listen to because I just found, I just found, I just noticed this name on this list, and it's Mac DeMarco. We're here tonight, 
That one's great, I think, because it takes all of the weird shit about the Paul McCartney one and it leans in even harder. Very hard. So it, it acknowledges. He does like a Tim and Eric version which, of it almost. I mean, Mac, Mac DeMarco is a whole thing that we you know, could talk about for, sure. forever. But I do see and I've, I always kind of have seen an analogy between him and Paul McCartney in a way where there's a, he has. I think the thing about him is he he's cultivated such a sound mm-hmm. that is very singular and it's very insular. Mm-hmm. It's like his, he, you're in his, the Mac DeMarco world when you listen to his music, which is, you know, not an easy thing to hit. And, and also there's this thing of, you know, he's a multi-instrumentalist slash engineer slash producer. And he, he writes the songs, records all of them by himself in yeah. his place. Yeah. That cover. Yeah. It's a great example. He's like, Oh, synths. Let me just go for the wackiest software synthesizer I could possibly throw on this thing. I think I don't know. It could be analog, but the yeah. vo- the, the way he produces the voices and yeah, yeah. right, yeah, and it's it's great, and it's that cover is just awesome. It's a picture. It's an illustration of uh, Paul and Mac on a couch. Uh, Mac DeMarco has a cigarette between his fingers, but they're like melted together, and all you can see is like the hands and the nipples. <laughs> and there's like flies buzzing all around and them cigarette. and cigarettes on the floor and beer cans. And they're just like next to each other happy. And and here's here's what it says is written here. It was a Christmas miracle. We had become one. We melded. Paul's thoughts became mine and mine became his. Flies had gathered to feed on all the beauty of Christmas that seemed from our ports. Sick illustration. Yeah, this kind of this kind of irreverence is sort of characteristic of Mac DeMarco. But it also points to like the irony of this song. That I seem to like, I think I enjoy. It's weird and goofy and meaningless mm-hmm. and absurd, really an incessant earworm, mm-hmm. which is like, that's Paul McCartney's bread and butter. It's just like, for some reason, this period when you screwed around with synthesizers, it had, it took this like, it's like inhuman. Yeah, it's dark. Like maybe that's what it highlights is is the lack of soul. It's almost like with uh, kind of an 808s and heartbreaks thing that Kanye like did intentionally, right? Where he mm-hmm. he was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sing through these electronic instruments to to highlight the alienation that I feel or whatever. Hmm. I think Paul yeah. McCartney maybe didn't realize he was that there's alienation and and um, a lack of emotion in his. Yeah, in his which, uh, in his stuff normally, and when you he accidentally discovered that filtering that through the electronic and the synthesized the fake instruments, yeah, created this that same uh, la- void that you're that you're talking about. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I don't know. It's like it, it's and when you listen to it, it, interviews with him, I I just I and I, I you know obviously he has feelings and shit, but there is that sense of like, there's some weird disconnect with him. I don't know if it's cause he's like one of the most, you know, he's super rich and super famous, and super famous since he was a teenager. I mean, he, right. Like it's that's hard to be normal after that, but it's so individual. Yeah. It's so there's not like a, yeah, you know, it's, you can't put it in a group of songs. 
you can't I don't think you can even put it into the McCartney 2 universe very well even though it's sort of superficially very similar yeah it is sing- it's singular you're right it's a Christmas song obviously but again this is another example where it feels Christmassy to a degree but it sits outside of the, yeah. the Christmas canon again for me I don't yeah, I don't put like it in with part, Christmas like fun. our part part one um song and that does that doesn't just mean like traditional Christmas standards like I'm not I'm throwing in like I think of like um you know Mariah Carey all I want for Christmas is you yeah that's in the playlist with God rest you merry gentlemen sure you definitely know. that's no a question. hard needle to thread this is not no it's you know really not or if it is it's it's a moment where you're like what is going on i only heard this song a few years ago and really yeah okay and that was what happened with me i was like i don't know if it was on at some coffee shop or something but i heard it and i was like is that paul mccartney singing about christmas yeah it is weird way like it didn't i couldn't it, like you said it brought it brought it brings you out of uh, the, the, the mood, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, a uh, part of it is, yeah, I, I never really thought about it, but it's kind of a joyless de- delivery. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, the spirits up yeah. simply heavy. It's like, like it's slack jawed kind of thing. He yeah, always yeah. does. And I think why the, the Mac DeMarco version almost retains every element with a couple of weird things added, but there's a, like laughter to it he knows what he's doing he's like this is funny yes this is a funny song because it's so weird i'm being weird right now yeah which is i mean you might actually some of his detractors might say that that's one of mac demarco's downfalls is that Mm -hmm. it's never it's very rarely serious but i don't know that's but that's his thing it's a divisive divisive (laughs) you know tomato tomato divisive divisive there's uh there's one more uh song i want to play here it's not exactly cover but um it's related to wonderful christmas time i i want to play um simply by de la soul which samples uh christmas time It demonstrates a couple things. One, there's the grating element of that synthesizer sound, but it's also made beautiful in that context. Yeah. Like with the way it's arranged and the way the way it sits in there, it still retains sort of the weirdness and almost like discomfort you feel. They were talking about that sort of nauseating quality, but I it doesn't really it's like only at moments when I when I remember it in the context of, of the original. Which goes to show you that it's something about the confluence of all these elements that yes. makes the song there's so a start, unnerving. There's a start and stop thing that we haven't really talked about with Wonderful Christmas Time. Like what this made me realize with like when, when they put the drum sample under there, it gives it gives the whole thing structure and momentum. Yeah, where the other thing like there's a little bit of of a drum pattern under simply having Wonderful Christmas Time, but then. During those verses, it's just kind of floating there with the synth providing the mm-hmm. the rhythmic part as well as the melodic part, and it's like it jerks you back and forth because it you think it's gonna like start up when the that chorus first hits, and it mm-hmm. never and then it stops, never but goes it never anywhere. really started to begin with. Every phrase ends on the chord that's the key of the song. 
Mm-hmm. It never, there's never a moment where there's a cliffhanger harmonically. It never moves to like, there's no arc. Yeah. There's right. no contrast anywhere. The only contrast we get is the ding dong, ding dong, which is just the same. Chord. <laughs> right. It's like that. And then in, in the, the De La Soul, the name of the song is Simply. Simply. Yeah. It, it's retaining a lot of the elements, but like there's more contrast, there's rhythmic motion, there's, mm-hmm. there's stuff while still having the same harmonic content and the, the synthesizer sound that's so defining of the song. So yeah, it's just like Paul hit the bullseye of like how to make <laughs> this song. I, I think it might just be his vocal delivery. Yeah. You know? I think between, I think with that and the drums for me really kill it. Yeah. Like, it needs, it needs some momentum. Yeah. yeah it doesn't it's just ha- floating there. Doesn't have it. So you said there was something you wanted to play? Yeah. So this was just released as a single and, and then much later it was released as a bonus track on a reissue of Wings. Uh, back to the egg okay and then the special slash deluxe editions of mccartney 2 which was sort of the period in which it was recorded um but originally it was released as a single and the b-side of the single was something called rudolph the red-nosed reggae get the fuck out of here so i okay i've never heard this i didn't hear i was just like kind of looking things up as we were talking um so let's uh let's check this out because i have a feeling it's gonna be remarkable. Let's check that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. You get. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to see how much you could take. It's only a minute and forty six. Oh my god! That was only a minute and forty six. No, we weren't even there yet. That was like a minute and thirteen seconds. Um. Yeah. So that's bad for whoever picked that up. Where it was like, oh, you know, my nephew's favorite musician is Paul McCartney. I'll buy. You know what I mean? I'll buy him the seven inch there. And it's a pretty. The cover of the whole thing is like you think, oh, this is gonna be fun, wonderful Christmas time. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reggae. Those are fun titles. I'm sure it's gonna Um, be great. Yeah. Then you put that on, you throw up. Again, I like this song, but again, (laughs) it's about. It's more about just sort of a an amorphous like. The whole idea of the thing comes together to be something where I'm like, yeah. And it comes on, I'm like, oh, sweet. <laughs> um, I love that, to suffer. Though, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reggae was, that's bad. That's real bad. Right? You heard it in the clip. Yeah. There's nothing There's nothing more happening. This, um, this YouTube video where I found it has a little story about the session. Paul McCartney in Wings, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reggae. Nobody knew the name of the session musician violinist who featured on this B-side of Wonderful Christmas Time. He happened to be in the studio, right place, right time, when Paul was having some relaxational fun uh-huh. at the end of a long day of recording. Read hash. Yeah, yeah. Having some relaxational fun. The rest of it is just talking about Richard Gibson was the the session violinist who apparently was some sort of BBC version of Famous uh, <laughs> later on. But yeah, so, oh God, to be uh, Paul, just like, oh, you know what? I have this great idea. What if we did <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Re- Reindeer, but reggae. But it's, and you, you, oh, you, you, get this, you get play this. violin, right? Come here. It's reggae. It's reggae, though. Um, 
get this right. I like how we just do a just a standard Cockney <laughs> accent. Bullshit. Well, you know, yeah. I, I can kind of well, do a Paul. Well, you know, I, I was just I was in the studio and and yeah, that, uh, Richard yeah. Gibson was there. The yeah. Session no, violinist. No, you're getting a little too fancy. Let's step with me into the music theory. So let's check out some of these YouTube comments. Now you have now you have that if you want to sample it. <laughs> let me get, let me do another take of that. Hold on. <clears throat> so let's uh check out some of these YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> a YouTube. You, 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 YouTube. Here's a good one from uh, Darby Kassab uh, three years ago. The choir of children sing their song. They practice all year long. Me. Okay, let's hear it. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. <laughs> Uh, Bill Hicks one year ago says, uh, "Bill Hicks said something Bill a Hicks, year ago." I don't think it's that Bill Hicks, but it could be. What or is he dead or something? Bill Hicks, yeah, a stand-up comedian. Yeah, he's been dead since the early nineties, I think. Okay, good. I am no, not good. I'm sad that he's dead. <laughs> I just I would feel bad if I said, 94. "Is that guy dead?" And he wasn't. He was still doing stuff. Okay, he's good. been dead good. since ninety four. <laughs> yeah, no, I think this is a different Bill Hicks or someone who like really likes Bill Hicks, and the way he shows it is by just making his YouTube username <laughs> Bill Hicks, capital B, capital H, Bill Hicks. Uh, one year ago, says the echoey keyboard gives me anxiety. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there. Thank you. When right when do you want to be on the pod, <laughs> Bill Hicks? <laughs> Here's an ironic one from a uh, YouTube user, Zenek6000. Okay. Two weeks ago, who says, To those calling it the worst Christmas song of all time, whatever you're smoking, quit it. <laughs> now. It's obviously bad for your brain. Parentheses. That is if you still have one left. Damn. Yo, what are you smoking, dog? This song is the shit. Damn. The know. irony, obviously, is that Paul McCartney oh, was yeah. just housing hash all it was day. A little recreational post recording, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Zenex six thousand. Read up on Paul McCartney's <laughs> biography because he was high. Serpent five months ago says, "I listened to this song in the middle of summer." No punctuation. <laughs> Something about a YouTube comment with no punctuation just gives me so much like satisfaction. It's like. Deep man, I listen to this song in the middle of summer. <laughs> YouTube user Ruben Clemente two years ago says, Happy birthday, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> Exclamation point, putting Christ back in. Mm -hmm. There's no, you know, this, this um, comment thread is lacking like 13 year olds. It sounds like, well, I got something for you. It's not a 13 year old, I'll do you one better. Uh, Lania George two years ago says, I practiced this song at school where is practicing it for our school play Sacaton Elementary. I am in third grade. <laughs> there, there it is. That's the gold. I just want to say it one more time. It's kind of cool. I practiced this song at school where is practicing it for our school play Sacaton Elementary. I am in third grade. That's probably the tone that they were intending. Yeah, where I think. No, I don't, and I don't think it's where is practicing. I think it's where eyes, where, where eyes, eyes practicing. practicing yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot too. Mark O'Neill a year ago makes a really important point that I don't think we discussed. It was different then. They actually knew how to play their instruments. Even if they faked it in the video, the music was from a real recording played by them. Mm. 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 That is true. Yeah. In this mm. case, 
maybe Paul could have used an editor or a, a bandmate or well, this is somebody. The, this <laughs> is producer. The thing. This is what I'm saying. Is he's in this echo chamber? If he's the only one, he has. V, he's the only one. He like, hears no, it no until one, it's out. Yeah, no he's not like veto power. Hey, you know what? What do you think of? Uh, should I? Uh, you know what, what? What do you think of this? He's not. <laughs> he's not doing that. He doesn't do that. I can't imagine Paul doing that. <laughs> I like that. Your your half of your Paul accent boils down to. I got a YouTube comment from a day ago from YouTube user Oliver McCartney. Oh, let's hear it. Dad. <laughs> okay, so I want to just wrap up with something here. Eight years prior to Paul McCartney releasing his Christmas song, his former bandmate, John Lennon, releases a Christmas song of his own, sort of uh, a, a Christmas song slash protest song mm-hmm. for the Vietnam War. Um, but I think if we did not speak about John's Christmas song, we'd be leaving something on the table here. Right. Uh, as far as Paul McCartney goes, I right. think it needs to be. They they, they come as a, as a duo, as a pair, no matter what. Of course, they always do. So, Lennon and McCartney. Yes. Paul would say... I always wanted it to be McCartney Lennon, but you know. I am I am curious uh, where you where you come down on Happy Christmas War is over. This is a really good example of the relationship between my perceived relationship. I don't mean the like personal relationship. I mean how I relate John and Paul, right? And I think this is one of the things that made the Beatles so successful is because they are very much yin and yang. They are very much opposite sides of a coin, mm-hmm. and when fused together, they create such a complete musical identity. Happy Christmas War is Over is equally simple. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of content going on there. It's a very simple message, right? This is from the Imagine period where everything was like, you know, very political, but very simple populist, like, Mm -hmm. oh, peace, you know, peace and... and, As Ringo Starr would say, peace and love, peace peace and love, love. peace and love. (laughs) So like that song, again, that song is just like a massive choir of people like that's I imagine like sort of the like um, power to the people situation or, um, you know, give peace a chance. Like it's in that related, you know, just big, massive singles with universal messages. And, you know, it's him and Yoko and, and like the whole thing. You see the big iconic, you know, the cover of of the thing with like the news mm-hmm. print. Yeah. Happy Christmas. War is over. Yeah. Like that's so huge. And it's it, good. I, I think it's a great song. I really love that song. It's got there was a very abysmal version of it done by Miley Cyrus and Sean Lennon. I'll have to hear and that. Mark I have Ronson not heard that. <laughs> on Saturday Night Live. What, like the other day? The other day. Oh shit. And it was monstrous. Oh. It was so that was, I, oh, check wow. it out. Okay. Check it out. But um no offense. I mean, they're no. So I really like that song too. I really like "Happy Christmas War Is Over." And then to to compare that to um, simply having a wonderful Christmas time, devoid of content, right? Devoid of devoid of meaning. Even though it's equally simple, it's kind of the same approach. It's like let me just write a simple Christmas song about the season, the spirit of the season. His version of that is just you know we're just having a wonderful Christmas time in this little imaginary town I came up with with yes. no people in it because it's just me in my room being divorced, high, divorced from reality. Yeah, altogether. right. Yeah. Where Paul, you know, John again, megalomaniac, maybe not the greatest person in the world. No, but he like. Not. He's like trying to connect, right? Yeah, in yeah. his same Always. sort of billionaire, cut off, like unrelatable way. But he's he, he's 
pushing a message. Yeah, always trying to connect, definitely. There's and trying only, to say something b- bigger than himself. Right. Yeah. There's meaning to it, and yeah. it has meaning, right? Yeah. It's it's a little bit insipid. It's a little bit, yeah, you know, war is over if you want it. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's not that simple. But, but it... It's a it's nice thought. Simple, it's, yeah. it's as simple as any other Christmas song about joy and love and, yeah. and whatever. And you could almost, and I doubt this is the case, but they were, they hated each other on and off in this period, right? This yeah. was pre John's death. They were so at odds with each other. And I can almost see this being like a, well, you know, I keep hearing John's song on the radio. I'm going to really show a Christmas about it. Isn't this big political thing? It's about... Be high in your room. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. It's just simply having... Why do we got to make it about war and and poor people and the stuff I don't think about like that? Yeah. You know, right? This is why I wanted to... Because I get that sense, too, that it was like... There was just this... Yeah, that it's a response and that there's a a need to compete. So, yeah, Steve, thanks for bringing this. I mean, this is a... This is, yeah, it's a very contentious sort of song. I, I equally don't want to side with the revisionist music nerds who are like, well, we should go back and look at it because uh, despite how it sounds to your ears and that the fact that you just don't like it, it's actually good. <laughs> actually. I don't want to be one of those people who's going to write a big overblown, uh, you know. One hour podcast about it? <laughs> I don't. I don't. That's why I'm deleting this as soon as we <laughs> sign off. But at the same time, I also don't want to be like, this song just straight up sucks because there is some degree of enjoyment I get from it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go with the whole, I hear it and it makes me happy thing. But there's something about the whole world of Paul McCartney and the Beatles that is beyond the music and also beyond who they are, where it's just like there's this whole context mythos kind of thing about Definitely. it. It's like, wow, this is that period. This is this. So that book. is what makes this song uh, enjoyable if we can use that word it's it's understanding the context you know when, when yeah. it was produced who made it why they made it how it relates to other songs the things we've discussed here i think make it enjoyable is it a good song no not to my ears there's a yes it's not good there is a degree of listening enjoyment for me too just reductive listening enjoyment and i can't explain that that i can't explain i think that's in the spiritual realm of of why i love the beatles so much it's like it's Paul. Mm-hmm. It's just is Paul. It's his music. Something about it does it for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, fair, you're not wrong. It enough. does suck. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you're simply having a wonderful Christmas time. <laughs> Whatever you celebrate, I, I, I hope it's been a good one. I hope you enjoyed being here with us despite the music we subjected you to. And uh, we'll be seeing you in the new year with uh, some more Turn It Down. So thanks for being with us. and. See you next time. See you next year. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. dong. Bye. Bye.